You're listening to American Timelines by History for Jerks, the greatest podcast ever. I'm Barney Gilligan. That's Joe. I'm Barney Gilligan, the original bassist for No. Aha. Barney Gilligan. Anyway. I'm actually Joe. I'm not. We are here to talk about the pop culture and... If you're new to American Timelines, what we do is we talk about American culture year by year. Each year we pick a different... Each episode we pick a different year. Yes. This is, we're on 1987. We're halfway That's through right. 1987. And we talk about crazy things that happened yep. in pop culture and music and movies and... and crime. Can, can you believe this happened? And then Amy has to bring in an awful, creepy crime. And just to set you at the scene, just to let you feel... Put yourself in the year it happened while she's talking about a crime, I'll tell you what was on TV. Yes, I'll tell you, you what will. was going on in the news. I'll tell you who was getting their Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame while a brutal murder was happening. So you can be like, oh, yeah, I see. That's when Billy Dee Williams had his, you know, was getting mm-hmm. a star. I remember that. So that's when that murder happened. Oh, and it'll be like context for you. That's right. Yep, we People got it. love it. People love it. It's a, it's a hit. So <laughs> tell all your friends because okay. your friends will all love it. And the thing is, these podcasts, uh, they... They're not time like you can watch them forever, listen to them forever. They're they're time capsules. They're time capsules because we're talking about things in history. So yeah. ten years from now, we can st- you can still listen to it. This is episode <laughs> yeah. twenty three. So those of you who have listened from episode one, hey, thank you because you're somebody. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so we got to finish eighty seven. So we no, left no, off. No, 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 no. Remember, just think back. Just some of you a week or ago. We should, or some, we're supposed to say. We suggest you go back and listen to the first part of 1987. Yes, if you haven't listened we'll be to, waiting for you. If you haven't listened to our previous 23 episodes, <laughs> we recommend you go back and listen to all of them. And good luck not gouging your eyes out. <laughs> go back to one, no, or at least listen to the last few. I don't know what. Do whatever you want. I honestly don't give a rat's ass because you really don't have to listen to them. But what we talked about in the last episode is nobody has to. Is your your crime's over, right? Yeah, so we don't have, have to rehash that. No, I have a new story. For uh, this and you one. have another crime. Okay, what we did, we were just got done talking about when Michael Caine. Uh, admitted that he knew Jaws was stupid and shitty, and he did it anyway. Not not the first Jaws. It was like Jaws 4, The Revenge. Oh. Uh, and Heart Alone was the number one song at the time. And so that's where we left off. It was the end of July of 1987. It was the summer of love. Sultry. Uh, so many people who grew up in the 80s, some people got married in the 80s, they, mm-hmm. they just remember this time of having lots of sex. But for me, I was a young guy, but I, I remember really getting into movies and music and stuff, and the new number one song on August 1st, 1987, was by none other than Bob Seger. Uh, night moves. Nope. Shake down. Break down. Everybody rob and dip a pop and down. Bob Seger did that? Break down. Shake down. You're busted. That was Bob Seger? Yeah, it was actually... It was written for somebody else, and they gave it to Bob Seger. I didn't put this in my notes, but it was written for, like, I want to say Bruce Hornsby or somebody, and they gave it to Bob Seger. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Bob Seger's song. Yeah, well, he did it. All right. It was written by one of those many guys who should be in the Eagles, Steve Winwood or Bruce, right. Horse, Bruce Hornsby or Glenn Fry or yeah. one of those guys. I think Bruce Hornsby. All right, what else? Then, 
uh, oh, also on that same day. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, not that same day. A couple of days later, mm-hmm. Wednesday, August fifth, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Do you remember? An actor by the name of, oh, I don't know, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Remember him from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes. Well, he killed two women in no. 1987 while on vacation in Ireland. What? Yep. He killed two women due to careless driving. He was ordered to pay $175 and served no time in prison. So you have the crime story this time. On August 5th, 1987, while driving a rented BMW in Enniskillen, Northern Ireland. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Ennis- Enniskillen. Probably not. So he, okay. So, so he was driving a rented BMW in Enniskillen. Enniskillen? Nope. Enniskillen, Northern Ireland. Broderick crossed into the wrong lane and collided head-on with a Volvo driven by Anna Gallagher, who was 30 years old. Why? And she was accompanied by her mother, Margaret Doherty, 63 years old. They were wonderful people, and they would give the skin off the back for everyone in the world, and Matthew Broderick brutally killed them. Oh, I thought that was part of the, what no, you were reading. No, that's not. He killed them both instantly. He was vacationing with Jennifer Grey. Did you say he was going the wrong way? He swerved into their lane. Oh. And hit him head on. He was vacationing with Jennifer Grey, whom he began dating in a semi secret in semi secrecy. He began dating her So this was in during Ferris Bueller's Day Off. During the filming of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The crash publicly revealing their relationship. He had a fractured leg and ribs and a concussion and a collapsed lung. She received minor injuries, including whiplash. Jennifer Gray? Jennifer Gray did, yep. Broderick told police, even though he, you know, she played his brother. Yeah. His, her, she played his sister. Yeah. They were. He played her brother. Broderick told police he had no recollection of the crash and did not know why he was in the wrong lane. I don't remember the day. I don't remember even getting up in the morning. I don't remember making my bed. What I first remember is waking up in the hospital with a very strange feeling going on in my leg. He was charged with causing death by dangerous driving and faced up to five years in prison, but was later convicted of the lesser charge of careless driving and fined $175. <gasps> From five years in prison to $175? That's all he paid. Yep. The victim's son and brother, Martin Doherty, called the verdict a travesty of justice. Well, Matthew Broderick is a, uh, a rich uh, he just, superstar, so he, he, he doesn't just goes have to and crashes head on and kills two people. Yep. And that was dur- during his stardom. During filming affairs. I don't remember hearing about this at all. Yeah, well. Do you? You, you must have been just too busy gallivanting around with men. No, that's usually something <laughs> that you would have heard. Yeah, you would have heard about that. But uh, I vaguely remember something about that. But that's not weird. this. But yeah, when I read that, well, I was I, like, holy crap. That's one of the ones you were excited yeah. to talk about. Yeah, because it was a weird thing that I didn't think you knew about. But super famous rich people don't have to fuck. Yeah, I know. They don't have the same consequences as right. us. Right. Of course not. So they're not like us. So not like tell people me, tell me again where like that us. happened. Ireland. Oh, my gosh. Remember Northern Ireland? Yeah. I said the city, but you're like, yeah. That city was not correct. Okay. So that's bizarre. Yeah. Wow. So, Matthew Broderick, next time you we'll watch uh, Biloxi Blues, you can just uh, remember that he murdered people. Yeah. Friday, August 7th, 1987, was the year the live-action He-Man movie came out. I do not recall that. And the year it was Dolph Lundgren played him. It was terrible. It was no, awful. I don't recall that at all. Uh, it was stupid. It was like He-Man came to Earth, like on a spaceship or something, which is dumb. It's dumb. He-Man's not on Earth. He's on, It was awful. But anyway, uh, the, the year that was re- released... Uh, sales of He-Man toys dropped 98%. They dropped? Dropped, falling from $400 million in 1986 to only $7 million. So people were pissed about that movie. it was movie. such a terrible movie. They ruined it all. They ruined it all by doing oh, that. Oh, wow. If they would have done it right. It would have been good. And then on August 8, 1987, mm-hmm. um, 
There's a new number one song. This one's by U2. Another terrible song by U2. Maybe it's a good, maybe you like I it. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Am I right? Yep. Okay. And I still yeah, this is a good song. Haven't found. Yeah, that's a pretty good song. Yeah, people like it. Whatever. It's enjoyable. I know it's, you don't like it. No, that's not, actually, I don't mind. I think if I had to pick one U2 song to listen to. It would be that one. If somebody held a gun in my head and said, what's your favorite YouTube song, you idiot? I'd be like, I still have a what I'm looking for. But those are the only words I know. Yeah. Do you know any other words to that? To that song? Yeah. Mm, oh. That's a new, oh. That doesn't uh, seem No, right. those aren't words. So, no, words. the answer is no. You okay? Everything all right with you? <laughs> is that a, are you, did you have an I'm injury? Good. Sunday, August 16th, 1987. Northwest Airlines Flight 255 crashes on takeoff from detroit metropolitan airport in romulus michigan Mm -hmm. just west of detroit killing all but one passenger wow i think we passed that sign on the way to the detroit airport oh really four-year-old cecilia sichan 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 c-i-c-h-a-n i don't know how you say that sichan Mm -hmm. 156 people on board one survivor wow one of the people that died was Nick Vanos, a center for the Phoenix Suns. But can you imagine that little girl's life? Like to yeah, know. No kidding. And there was an interview with her years later. Yeah. Like in, I don't know, 97 or yeah. 2007 or she's like 25. Yeah, I guess yeah. And uh, she's still haunted. I, I don't know. I didn't read. It's like Final Destination or something where she's yeah, like, crazy. like avoiding death all the time. Yeah, probably her whole life is just people yeah. trying to kill her and things yeah. trying to kill her. And then Friday, August 21st, 1987, mm-hmm. nobody puts baby in a corner was a famous quote from this movie. It was kind of like this. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I thought that was. Nobody. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> it was not like that. What, I think that's what it sounded like. I never saw this movie, so that's, that's how I'm assuming it sounded. I don't know. What is it? Yo, nobody put baby in a corner. What is the movie? Nobody put baby in a corner. All right, stop. I don't know. It's from Dirty Dancing? That's right. That's right. I think it. I think baby is the name of Jennifer Grey, right? You know, yes. You nobody know, I don't know if I have ever sat through that entire movie. I've never once seen it. Yeah. At all. And that's one that everybody that, would so, be shocked to, you've never seen that? Yeah. But I yeah, know. I mean, I don't. Well, well, if you, I can see why people would be shocked. But me, why would I see that? It's just one that everybody's so like. Sixteen Candles. Movie. You've never seen Sixteen Candles. Dirty Dancing. Is yeah, it's just, like a, almost a Brat Pack type movie. Well, did you know that uh, a lot of the scenes from Dirty Dancing, all the dancing scenes, were filmed in North Carolina, Lake Lure. Okay. I don't think it's far from here. Okay. Um, and a lot of the dancing was improvised. Like all the big. Like big mm-hmm. moves that you see when they're crawling to each other, I mean, they all just were messing around. And made oh, that, really? Made that up, and all the good, all the ones they were just messing around with, made it. Um, Swayze did his own stunts, and he hurt his he hurt his knee. Okay, like a dumbass. And uh, she's like the wind. And he has frostbite. Remember? Oh yeah. no, that's later. That's in the nineties. It was in the nineties, but they did say that it was super freezing up there. Mm-hmm. Like it was supposed to be summer, mm-hmm. but it was like real cold, as in the fall or something. So they were all, like all freezing while they filmed it, but they had to pretend it was summer. And she's like the wind. Remember that song? Oh, that Patrick song. Swayze song. She broke the wind. She broke her wind. She broke the wind is the name of it. No, no she's like she's the like wind. the wind. But we would always change the word and say she broke oh, the yeah. wind because farting. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I get it now. Anything else about Dirty Dancing you want to share? No. Yep. No. Nope. I had the time yeah. of my life. It's a Walter song. Okay. I remember my mom loving that song when it came out. Sing it and dance, do it and stuff. Mm. Saturday, August twenty yeah. second, nineteen eighty seven, Madonna takes over the top spot on the Billboard charts mm. with a song from a movie she was in. 
Gosh. Um, who's that girl? Yes. Okay. Who's that girl? Did not do well at the box office. No, I don't you think so. Say. Wasn't that one with her and uh, Paula Poundstone? No. I mean, uh, Paula... R- Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette. That was <laughs> Desperately Seeking Susan. That oh. was before this. Oh. That already came out. Oh, it did? Yeah. Who's that girl? Did you ever see that? No. But I think it's really bad. It, yeah. I think it was originally... The movie was originally called something else, and they wrote the song, and then they changed the title of the movie to Who's That Girl or something yeah, like that. It could be. She looks beautiful, but yeah. You I never saw it? Mm-mm. I thought you were a big Madonna fan. Wow. I do. I like Madonna, I but not. I don't like her movies. Oh. Huh. It must be nice I like just her to be music. able to I like pick her what you like about somebody. Just, oh, just one thing or the other. Like That'd be like saying, oh, I like Mr. T, but I don't like his movies. I just like his... Well, she's not a very good actress. Oh, boom. But she's amazing. She's like... This is dishing on Madonna. Amazingly, as a performer. Like, <laughs> it, when you watch... if if you I've seen her live... And oh, look at you. I Did know. you tell her she's a terrible actress? She, You can't keep your eyes off her when she's performing. She's like a... Kind of like Beyonce? Like a, yeah, she is. It's amazing. Yeah. She does a spectacle, too, so that adds to it. But Testicle. Spectacle. Oh. Like, you know, it's it's all different sets. Like and MC different, Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, she changed her clothes every... Thing. Yeah, she MC does. MC Hammer was a big old good show, too, big show. Each song has like a whole choreograph. And he also can't thing. act, so they're similar. Yeah. Madonna, MC Hammer, same ballpark. Okay. And then on August 29th, 1987, Los Lobos knocked Madonna off the top spot. Los Lobos. Remember Los Lobos? Sing La Bamba. La 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 Bamba. Para bailar La Bamba. La 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 Bamba. No. It's not La 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 Bamba. Para bailar La Bamba. Para La 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 Por Beats is a Bullfice Day. La Bamba. Para bailar La Bamba. Feliz Navidad. Prospero. Para bailar La Bamba. Sin este sitio. Oh, is that what they say? Something like that. Do you know that in. I mean, Feliz Navidad, they say Ross Perot. No, they don't. Feliz Navidad, Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. No, listen to don't. it. Listen to it next time and, and listen for Ross Perot. Okay. You won't be able to hear anything else. All right. What's it's next? weird that they talk about Ross Perot in that. But anyway, <laughs> this this song came out when um, uh, Richie, uh, the Richie Valens. Yeah, that's right. Richie. What was that movie called? Richie Valens? La Bamba. Oh, that's right. It was called it La was Bamba. It was a R- Richie Valens story yeah. starring... Uh, Lou Dobbs. No. No. <laughs> Lou Dobbs. Lou, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Dobb Phillips. Was it Lou Diamond Phillips? Lou Diamond Phillips, yeah. Is that his name? Lou Diamond Phillips. But everyone knows that he and Lou Dobbs are actually I don't think he did related. much after the 80s. Lou Dobbs? Lou Diamond oh, Phillips. Lou Diamond, oh, he died, didn't he, in a plane crash? Or that no, was that Valens was Ricky. Did. She balanced. <laughs> well, he died in a horse accident, right? What? Or that was uh, Young Guns. I don't think. No, I think he's alive still. No. Yeah. Lou Dobbs? I mean, Lou Diamond, Lou Dobb Phillips? <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Lou Dobbs Phillips? Is Lou Dobbs alive? Oh, that piece of crap. I <laughs> He's know. like a frog. Yeah, I know. He's like a big, giant, gross, sweaty frog. It's anyway, true. so Lou Dobbs and Lou Diamond Phillips are two different two people. Two different people. Yeah. And we don't know if Lou Diamond Phillips is alive. And like we said in our, our previous episode, there's no way of finding out. Yeah, there's nothing that will tell you in an instant whether yeah, you're right. So we, guess, let's just assume... Let's see. We assumed the last one was dead, so let's just assume this one's alive until I'll, we. And I'll ask Siri, is Lou Diamond Phillips alive? Here is information from Wikipedia. Oh, he was born in 1962. Boom, he's still alive. Oh, it says years active, 1984 to the present. He's not dead. Who was the other one that we weren't sure? Uh, Gregory Hines. Yeah, I think he's dead. Is Gregory Hines dead? <laughs> <laughs> Gregory Hines died on August 9th, 2003. Boom. Gregory Hines died in Los Angeles, California. The cause of death of Gregory Hines was hepatocellular carcinoma. Oh, 
Poor Gary. Nice. Yeah. Rest in peace. He's been dead for a long time. Yeah. Like Boom. I was good. Years. I was right about both of those. You said Richie Valens was alive? No, I mean, Luke, <laughs> Luke Dobbs. Luke Diamond Phillips. Gosh, we're idiots. I mean, we are. you are. I'm just married to you. Just kidding. Lou Dobbs Phillips is alive, and he's now Lou Dobbs Phillips. All right. Maybe those two should start a show together, Lou Dobbs and Lou Dobbs and Phillips together, <laughs> the Lou Dobbs Phillips show. I don't think either of them are doing much these days. Yeah, they might as well combine their talents. That's what everybody who's just like struggling and not making money anymore, former celebrity, they should combine forces and have some kind of kitsch show. Yeah. What would they do on that show? I don't the know. Lou Dobb Phillips show. They would He's like a poster child for that. You can be a superstar and then probably be working at Burger King. So maybe what there you go. They'll open their own fast food place. Like that like And they'll see how many burgers Lou Dobbs can He was eat. a superstar <laughs> back then when he started that. We'll see how many burgers Lou Dobbs and Phillips can stuff in Lou Dobbs gullet. All right. And then on uh September eleventh, nineteen eighty seven Dan Rather got very upset. Do you know who Don, Dan Rather is? Yes. Remember him from the CBS Evening News? He was very he was very upset at the Evening News being delayed by a U.S. Open tennis match. Yes. Do so you know what he did? Mm-mm. He just walked off the set, and when the match was over, CBS was left with nothing but dead air for six minutes. Oh, boom. Because Dan Rather was like, F this noise. Yeah. Yeah, six minutes he was gone because he didn't give a shit. So did he get fired? Sick of it. No, he's Dan Rather, man. Wow, but he—I don't know. Yeah, Dan Rather does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. In fact, he was just at our at our. Was he the one that had what the freak? What's the frequency, Kenneth guy? What's the frequency, Kenneth? Was it Dan Rather that got the? I think we'll probably cover that, but yeah, I think so. We'll find out whenever that happened. Yeah, that was in the seventies. Yes, I think it was Dan Rather. So he's had quite a life. This might be the Dan Rather podcast. Tom Brokaw. Should we make this? Was it Tom Brokaw? Maybe. No. It wasn't Peter Jennings. because his whole thing. He was just obsessed Let's with Let's just New make Coke. this the... Peter Jennings was just pissed at New Coke the whole right. time. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm almost positive it was Dan, Dan Rather. I think so, too. But it's just a small sliver of my brain thinks it might be Tom Brokaw. So I don't... I, no, you know, it's not again, him. Again, no way to find out. Nope. We'll just wonder. Brian Williams? Okay. And then on... Uh, do you know what... You, you have your dates in front of you? Okay. Yeah. Not but, until November. Okay. Wednesday, September 16th, 1987... Alfonso Hayden Jr. Do you know who this is? No. It is a little bit longer thing, so listen carefully. Alfonso Hayden Jr. was a robbery suspect in Sacramento. He fled into a darkened movie theater to escape police. Mm -hmm. He became so engrossed in the movie that, however, it was RoboCop. It was RoboCop, of course, that he failed to notice that police had evacuated all other patrons from the theater. What? Was he on drugs? (laughs) No, RoboCop is was that the only, that's the only drug he was on is RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the lights flipped on, the stunned man was taken into custody. Sacramento police said the motion picture RoboCop so fascinated a robbery suspect that he continued watching in the front row while they evacuated 14 other patrons. No. Uh, officers finally got his attention when they turned on the lights. Alfonso Hayden Jr., 25, was arrested on suspicion of robbing a Sacramento Savings and Loan Association in the shopping mall where the theater is located. Police say it said Hayden was a few yards outside the Savings and Loan office when an explosive charge released a cloud of red dye that coated the cash and him. Uh-huh. And then he ducked into the theater where he tried to flush the stained money down a toilet, tore off his red shirt, and sat down to watch the movie. Oh. And then he was like, holy shit, RoboCop is awesome. <laughs> I don't know about that. Have you ever seen RoboCop? Yeah, I mean, uh, Clarence Boddicker? I, I, I just the don't know. The dad from seventy show? I just don't know if it would be that engrossing that you're, you've just robbed a bank 
your adrenaline's going like nuts and it's oh that my God, good. Just Holy shit, RoboCop. Right. A fucking great movie. Yes. Have you ever seen the, the, the scene where they shoot him and he turned him into RoboCop? They shoot Peter Sellers? All these, that's a messed up I movie. I don't know if I have. Oh, it's very violent. Friday, September 18th, 1987. Yeah. Glenn Close was yeah. born. Nope. She got married. Divorced. She was in a movie. Yes. No, a movie came out that she was in. Mm-hmm. 1987, what movie starring Glenn Close? Fatal Attraction? Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Oh, yeah. I think it was uh, the top movie if it wasn't one of the top movies that year. And a little tidbit, she still has the knife that she used in that movie hanging in her oh kitchen. Oh, my gosh. Have yeah. you, now, you've seen that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it's a pretty good movie. Well, and that movie actually prepared me for life. And it was like, Women are okay, crazy. every woman you date will be insane. Now, just, wait a minute. No, no. Wait. Just let me finish. Hear me out. Every woman you date will be insane to some degree. Just don't. The just first, find out the degree his first. His wife wasn't like. Some will be crazy and some will just be crazy weird. And his wife wasn't crazy. Well, we don't know. She died in the first scene. Did she? I don't know. No. Maybe. Didn't she? I don't know. No, remember. no, she just dies at the end. She dies. No, at some she doesn't point. die. She the doesn't. wife doesn't die. <laughs> who plays the Who plays the wife? Annie Potts or somebody? You don't even know. It might be Annie Potts. Probably Allie Sheedy. I'm gonna say it was like Annie Potts or somebody. That's probably when Ryan will be screaming. Oh, it was Tabitha Soren. No, it wasn't her. But I don't even know that movie. I don't even remember that. I just remember the crazy one. Yeah. No, but it just prepared me for there is insane women. Some women are insane. Yeah. Some plenty of dudes are insane too. Yeah. But but I think women are more justified to be insane because all the things they have to do and put up with and deal with. You do. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean just 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 menstrual shit alone. Yeah, I still would make me insane. The first time I have a menstrual thing, I am not an have, insane person. You have no choice. Oh, I know. But but how can you <laughs> how can you face the world the very next day? I'm bleeding out of an orifice in my body, and this is going to happen to me throughout the rest of my life. That's insane that that happens. <laughs> September 19th, 1987. Yeah. Michael Jackson has a number one song as a duet. Do you want to guess the person who was in the duet with him or the name of the song? Because um, I don't think you'll get either. I'll guess the person. Okay. So the song is, I just can't stop loving you. Oh, God, I have no idea. I just, and if I stop, just tell me this what will I do. I never knew it was a duet. I thought it was just him singing. Yeah, who because is it? Because it's a lady who sounds just like him. Is it LaToya? Nope. Who is it? Mrs. Garrett from Facts of Life. No. No. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> it's Sida. Sida Garrett. Sida? Sida? S-I-E-D-A. Mrs. Garrett. It might be. It might be. Maybe that, that show was, ba- maybe that was based on her. What if it was, what if it was, what if it was uh, not Cloris Leachman, but... Um, you remember you who played remember. her? Uh, no. The red hair. God, I love her. Uh, I don't think I know her real name. Oh, uh, I do. Cloris Leachman played her replacement, right? So it was... Yeah, I have no Mrs. idea. Mrs. Garrett was played by chubby red-haired lady. Yeah, I, I can picture uh, her. You can? Oh, yeah. Clear as a bell. Like you she's can't. my relative. She is? No, but like... You, you didn't know her name ever? Like she's my relative. Um, nope. When I was a kid, I had a book. About different strokes and facts of life, and it it had a page or two on each actor mm-hmm. and their real name, and uh, you had a book <laughs> their like hobbies. That? Yeah, it was like their hobbies and what they liked. So that's why I knew Conrad Bain. Uh, that's why you already knew all those. Uh, you know, that's why I knew Nancy McKeon. Yep. Like we knew all of them, and she was played by. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, we can't me. can't look it up anywhere. No, I'm not going to look it up because I will remember this. It's like uh, you'll remember it when I. It's like Don Rickles. Like why didn't I? Remember? I love Don Rickles. When I <laughs> remembered the song Magic. Yeah, it'll be, in the mid- the- it'll be in the middle of this episode. But September 26, 1987, mm-hmm. Whitney Houston has another number one hit. You'll never guess this one. I already guessed I want to dance with somebody, right? Yeah, it, that's, I think it's same. it did happen. You got that yeah. in the same year, I think, earlier. That's the one I always guess. Yep. Um, is it How Will I Know If He Really No, nope, I think me? we did that one already, too. Oh, I don't know. What is it? Didn't we almost oh, have I wouldn't have guessed that. Love's in library, life worth living. It is widely speculated that the song is about Houston's relationship with then-NFL star Randall Cunningham. Oh, the guy from the Vikings? Well, he was the Eagles then. He was the Eagles oh. star quarterback. But everyone said they knew that relationship wouldn't last because Randall Cunningham was a super religious, nice guy. Oh. And, and she was looking for a bad boy. Oh, she was? She liked people that broke laws. and was. Oh, that's she why was, she, she was liked a Bobby, 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 Bobby B. Me, Bobby, Bobby B. Bobby B. Yeah, she liked a bad boy like Bobby Brown. Yeah. Charlotte Ray. There you go. Um, there you Charlotte go. Ray plays Mrs. Garrett. Yes, there you go, babe. Oh, man. You and that's actually proud. our good friend uh, from the 90s episodes that we talked about, our friend Brian McCartney, who I can't remember why we brought Brian McCartney up. He did something. Oh, he, Minnie Minoso in the bar was like, yes. hey, you idiot. Uh, they, he and Jessica, they named their child after Charlotte Ray. That is a lie. No, no. They were huge Mrs. Garrett heads. <laughs> They're huge Garrett heads. Uh, that's a definite truth, and uh, no one can ever deny it. And then on Tuesday, right. Tuesday, Tuesday, September 29th, 1987, a young man by the name of Don Mattingly. You know who that is? No. He hit six grand slams in 1987 to set the Major League Baseball single season record. So he hit his sixth one on September 29th. Those six were also the only grand slams he would ever hit in his entire 14-year career. And he did them all in one year? Yeah. He only he got six grand slams in his career. He was on steroids career. or something for it a minute. It was one year. He was, on, he was on steroids for a minute. 14 years, though, he played. And one year out of 14? Don't you think? And so what's the, he was a white guy with a mustache. What's the only denominator that changes is that... Probably his mustache. Steroids. His mustache probably... He probably shaved it, and the mustache was keeping him down. Or... Or he grew he it. He grew it longer. Yeah. He had mustache powers. Yeah, mustache powers. I don't think he did... Because he wasn't a big dude, I don't think. But maybe he was. I don't remember. I was well, a kid. You, you don't just all of a sudden be, have a year where you're awesome, and, the rest, yeah, and then you go that's back how to baseball sucking is. again? Baseball's really streaky. It's like golf. Really? People get real, like... They get in slumps just for no reason. But to that degree? I guess. He's Don Madden. I mean, he was still a good player. He just didn't hit Grand Slam home runs. Do you know what a Grand Slam home run yes, is? Yes, I know. What? When the bases are loaded and yeah. then somebody hits a home run and yeah. everybody so, goes So he's in. hit plenty of home runs probably in the other seasons. They yes. just weren't Grand Slam. So you'd have to have a really good a really good team to be able to have the bases loaded that, that many times. Hungry. You know, Isn't that, I'm so conditioned. A Grand Slam home run makes you hungry? The the term Grand Slam makes me hungry for breakfast. For food. breakfast at dinner. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so conditioned. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even know who I'm married to. I don't. You're a monster. <laughs> it just does. Does this make you hungry? Moons over my hammy. No, not like Grand Slam. Grand Slam has the pancakes. Have you all. ever gotten? Have you ever had moons over my hammy at Denny's? No, I don't like ham. Oh. You need to stop everything and have. If you're listening right now, they don't have it there anymore. Drive to the nearest Denny's. Yeah, they do. They don't. They better drive to the nearest Denny's. Whatever you're doing, if you're in your car, I don't think they and have you're on your way to work. Skip work today. Go to Denny's. Have moons over my hammy. That was a, if you're on your way home. Don't go thing. home to see your loved ones. Go to Denny's and eat moons over my hammy. And as you order it, when they ask you what you like, 
say to the waiter or waitress, say, I would like moons over my happy. Are you done? And if they look at you weird, punch them in the face and walk out. Okay. But if they don't look at you weird, then enjoy your moons over my hammy. Okay, that was uh, Don Manningly. You never know. You never know where it's going to end up. And then Thursday, (laughs) naturally, Don Manningly (laughs) ends in punching a Denny's waitress who are looking at you funny for singing. Yep. Moons over my hammy. And then Thursday, October 1st, 1987, are you aware of a young gentleman by the name of Steve Rothstein? No. Oh, you don't know this story then. No. Steve Rothstein bought a lifetime unlimited first class American Airlines ticket. Okay. Lifetime unlimited. So they came out with this thing that was like, you buy this ticket for your lifetime. You can take as many trips as you want. Lifetime they unlimited. They just did that for him? Or no, they did. They This was a, a thing they were doing. They were like, oh, for $250,000, wow. buy a lifetime airline t- ticket. They thought it was a new promotion they needed to do to come yeah. up business. Okay. So- he bought it. I don't think many other people bought it. Because it was or like if they did, they just There were old people that, yeah, it was a lot of money back yeah. then in 87. And then right. I think some people thought, oh, they won't get their money's worth. Or yeah. Maybe people bought it and didn't get their money's worth. But he flew over 10,000 flights, costing the company costing the company $21 million. Oh, my God. They terminated his ticket in 2008. Here are some numbers for you. 10,000 flights, 10 million miles traveled. 10,000 flights in how long? Uh, from 87 to 2008, he traveled 10 million miles. Yeah. Uh, 40 million frequent flyer miles earned. 500 trips to England, 120 trips to Tokyo, God, he was, 70 trips to Australia. He was going every day. Yeah, and he would, He and he bought two, he bought two tickets. Two, him two and of a, these Him lifetime? and a friend, yeah. Oh. So, but he didn't have, he wasn't married or anything, so he would just take people. Wow. Like he'd find random people and be like, hey. You want to go to Tokyo or do you want to go to where do you want to go? <laughs> really? And we'll go there. And he would fly people everywhere. Really? And so they they felt like he was like taking advantage of the deal. You think? Thing. Yeah. So because he was like, fuck it, I bought these. I know. So why that's the right. I? You, you, it's your you fault. You put this out. I, like, I, I agree you with him. Yeah. So I, he's right to do it. But they they caught him on some stipulation where he, there was something in the fine print where he was supposed to give a certain amount of notice mm-hmm. with a guest or something, and he was like just grabbing people off the street and flying them where they wanted to go. Jeez. And they were like, okay, you violated it in 2000, and we're, we're cutting it off. And so he... Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't try to sue him and so that he owed them. Oh, I'm sure they probably did. Yeah, there was a lot of articles about that you could read that really get into stuff. What's the guy's name? Steve Rothstein. Okay. Huh. That's an interesting one. I look up Steve Rothstein, American Airlines, and you'll get all the info. It's kind of interesting. And then Saturday, October 10th, 1987, mm-hmm. White Snake takes over the Billboard charts with Here I Go Again on, on My Own. own. Going out the only road This is Tawny Katane in the yeah. video, dancing all sexily, if that's a word, on top of the that's car. That's one. White Snake, I get their songs mixed up with so many of those hair bands. Well, like I, yeah. I, sometimes they, I don't. They didn't have that many. This was their big one. They had another one, too, I think. Because but I get the, I'll get those mixed up with um, White Snake and Cinderella, Def Leppard, and oh, not Def Leppard! Come on, I might you know, get them confused. I don't know. I, I might get them confused. Th- like those kind of songs. Well, there was like the the top ones, and then there were the secondary ones. White Snake, I think, is that's one of true. The secondary yeah, ones. like pr- like I mean, this one this one was huge, but this was the number one song on my school bus in middle school. When that came on, we all sang yeah. every word at the top of our lungs, and just like I mean. We were like standing right, up on the yeah. bus, I get just the hanging point. out the windows, yeah. and just hey, Rocco, I can't go down the only road off of me. All right, like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. See, I notice if I 
if I act like I'm reading the next line, I can keep singing the song. I noticed and you, and that. You won't, yell, you won't yell at me. I noticed uh, that. Wednesday, October 14th, 1987, Jessica McClure, Morales. <gasps> Baby Jessica. Yes. That's right. She was born March 26th of 86. She became famous on October 14th, yep. 1987 at the age of 18 months after she fell into a well in her aunt's backyard in Midland, Texas. Oh, my God. Between, what a nightmare. Yeah, between that day and October 16th, rescuers, two days. Can you imagine two yeah, days your baby stuck days. in there? Rescuers worked for 58 consecutive hours to free her from the eighth-inch well casing, 22 feet below the ground. The story gained worldwide attention, leading to some criticism as a media circus, and later became the subject of a 1989 ABC television movie, Everybody's Baby, The Rescue of Jessica McClure. Yes. Uh, God, that poor baby. As presented in the film, the relatively new technology of water jet cutting was a vital part of the rescue. Oh, I, I wonder know, what that... I didn't, yeah, some kind of water jet. They were able to cut stuff so it wouldn't hurt her, I guess. Oh, I've yeah, never I, heard of that. I don't remember that. I remember being kind of young and yeah. not being surprised at what happened. But Yeah, that's bizarre. That poor baby. That poor little baby. But she survived. Yeah, she Imagine did. Imagine if she didn't. I know. But don't you think sometimes the conspiracy theorist in me thinks if she died, they would all be like, okay, the whole world's been watching this and covering it. This can't be the way this ends. Oh, so right. They pretend like she lived. It's like replace it with a Happy replacement ending. baby. Yeah. And then say she lived. Yeah, it you could think be. that's the way it is? No, I don't know. It could be. No, nah, maybe not. I don't know. Who I mean, knows? the Challenger exploded into the air. That's true. There was no change in that. Nope. That's true. So. Touche. There you go. Sunday, October 17th, 1987. Okay. Lisa, Lisa, and Cult Jam take over the charts with the number one song. We've already done a couple of Lisa Lisa's this Yeah, I don't year, know I what it is. I'm not going to be able to. You won't be able to. No. Know. Do you remember what she looked like, though? No. Do you have a picture of Lisa Lisa? No. You don't at all? <sighs> when you have time, if you're listening to this in your car, pull over, look it up on your phone. She's total 80s, like I said. Uh, Lost in emotion. Oh, yes. I yeah. don't even know any other words. Yeah, but. That's the only one that I know, too. But Lisa Lisa and Cole Jam, I've figured out, out of watching all these videos that I've watched, she... Mm-hmm. She represents the '80s the most in my. What I think of the '80s is at least at least in Cult Jam video. If you watch Even her videos, more than Cindy Lauper. Yeah, I think so. Really? Okay. Cindy Lauper is more because Cindy Lauper is actually talented. At least at least in Cult Jam, just garbage yeah. '80s stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just that's true. Crappy '80s songs. Um, no offense to all you least at least in Cult Jam fans. Yeah, you pissed some people off just now. Especially because Cindy Lauper spanned a few. Decades, right, but right. Cindy Lauper was totally eighties. Yeah, yeah. Her, she made eighties what they are, but Cindy Lauper in the eighties. Yeah, she made the eighties. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa, and Cole Jam marinated yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, and, they kind of yeah, like, like Cindy I know Lauper what you're made the stew, yeah. and then when you the stew was done, you pull out Lisa, Lisa, and Cole Jam. Yeah, I got She's it. The 80s I can, stew. Yeah, I dig get it. That? Does that make sense? I dig I can't it. believe you went there with me. And I you, did. You're there, but I totally did. Nobody else is lost in emotions. Yeah. The part where they say, "Casara, Casara." Yeah. What about it? They sing Kesara Sara wrong. Yeah. Kesara, Kesara. Yeah. Are you mispronouncing it? Yeah. That's funny. Saturday, October 24th, 1987, Michael Jackson knocks Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam off the Billboard top Again, of the And Michael Jackson's coming in. Yes, and this is... A biggie? This is a biggie. Thriller? Because this is from October 24th till November 6th. Thriller? Thriller was 1983. We talked about this oh. several episodes ago. All right. All right. Don't be... Remember with Thriller Quit and screaming Bad at me. And, thriller and Billie Jean and... Bad. 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 Yeah, I give it away. Bad. Bad. Well, why are you screaming at me? Why are you mad? Do you remember the video for Bad? Yeah. The epic video? Yeah. Do you know who directed it? Steven Spielberg. Martin Scorsese. Really? He really did, yeah. Wow. 
Did you really think Spielberg did? No. Or you just kidding? I was kidding. Yeah, Martin Scorsese actually directed the video, which I don't remember that being the case. I remember being a long, you know epic I'm thing. Mad, like, like Thriller. Who's bad? You song. ain't bad. You ain't nothing. Yeah. Remember though at the yeah. beginning? Yeah. So at the beginning, I mean, it's this big, long thing. Like, it starts out with him leaving college or high school. Uh-huh. It's his, like... He's at a boarding school or something. It's fancy white school. Yeah. And it's all these. I don't remember the beginning. I remember him talking at the beginning, but I don't remember all this part about it. Well, then they sh- they shortened the it and had school. a shorter, long version yeah. where he just like, Wesley Snipes says, come on, man, you got to, why don't you rob this guy? They're going to rob a guy and he yeah. lets the guy go and then Wesley Snipes gets in his face. Wesley Snipes is in it. Yeah. He's one of his old gang members or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the thing from the beginnings, which I watched the whole thing, I went back and I had to watch. And it's a real long movie that's not very good, but he's on a train and He's on the train with all these rich kids, and then mm-hmm. little by little, the rich kids go away, and they get to the poor neighborhood. It's just him and one other guy, mm-hmm. and they're both like, we got to stick together. It's like a Latino guy. And then he goes to his neighborhood, and it's all beaten down, broken down. But at the beginning, very beginning, when he's leaving the boarding school, like some white guy, some mm-hmm. white guy peer of him, some other mm-hmm. student says, you did really good this year. I'm, You keep keep up the good work, buddy. I'm real proud of you. You, you did great. Woo. Yeah, like no high school peers would say that no. to each other. Like at yeah. all but he was like you're really doing a great job and, it's kind oh. of, what? Yeah. and then and then when he gets there like he's such i mean you know gamers like how come you ain't down anymore you ain't down with us no more you've changed he's yeah. like he was never down no come i on. know yeah was he ever down Michael like, look at him right and hey. listen to him talk hey man yeah like oh, you ain't nothing and then, and then and then so then when he's like i'll show you who's bad come on let's go to the let's go to the train station we'll i'll show you who's bad like yeah. you're gonna rob somebody yeah and he's just this tiny little baby lady. Like, yeah, he is. Like, baby lady. Baby lady kid. He's a baby lady. Just a little guy. Yep. And then he, uh, uh, and then when he like gets in their face, like, get off me. You ain't, leave me alone. Get off me. You ain't bad. You ain't nothing. Like, it's real not tough at all. Yeah. And then it becomes in color. Yeah. Then it's there. And then, the all, song and then he's got a gang with him. A gang of brightly dressed Yes. Hooligans. I remember them. Everybody's wearing like bright clothes. And they had the knife, the, yeah. the mock knife fight yeah. at the dome. That's from, that's from Beat It. That's from Beat It. Oh. The mock the knife fight. But this one's where he's got all the crazy leather Yeah, I remember belts. the dress. Like he's got like that's right. belts and loops and all this stuff. And so Weird Al's famous one is like he gets real fat. Yeah. Uh, but you just hear all this these chains and leather and it's like... He doesn't look cool he at all. He doesn't know what's bad. Yeah, he has no idea what's bad, but we all just took this in and accepted this as yeah. as, as something. Like, we all just like, yep, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But as I was watching it, I remember being a kid, and we, we thought this too when we were kids. Like, that. he's not bad at all. Yeah, right, like, yeah. But we all liked the song and didn't care. It was like a movie, I guess. Yeah. You didn't care, but it's like a, it wasn't like a real movie. It was like a Pee Wee Herman movie or something. Yeah, like, something like It was that. like something silly that... So it's surprising Scorsese. So when they really show him, it's like they have the long cut where they kind of pull away from him, like oh look how badass he is and they're yeah. like in awe and oh my god look how bad he is look at all those yeah belts he's wearing he's not he doesn't look bad at all he looks like diana ross or something right like, and i don't it's just crazy that we all accepted this as being bad but it's a great song it is a good it song. still is a good song yeah it, it still is. holds up yeah it does yeah i get out of my car and sing it at stoplights really loud to people i'm glad yeah and that whole, again, this whole album was great, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, none of it's believable that he's into these ladies or anything. Right. But, but they're good songs. Yeah, they I'm are. still singing. Like, Man in the Mirror. Like, a, that's the best song ever. All right. Sunday, October 25th, 1987, the Twins defeated the Cardinals four games to three to win the World Series. I remember that. You do? I remember that series, Oh, because you're yeah. Cardinals. Yeah, you're in St. Louis. Louis. Mm-hmm. Twins pitcher Frank Viola was named the MVP. 
Um, it was the first World Series that was to feature games played indoors in you Minnesota. You know, it's funny. I have a memory of being sick. Really? Laying in bed and having this. We had this little black and white TV. Yeah. And I I remember watching it on this little, the little black and white TV. I was sick in bed. You were watching it by yourself? Yeah. I mean, it was this little TV in my room. It was like the only thing that could come on. Probably. Yeah, it was probably five channels that we had. I was like, well, I would, we didn't surprised have cable. You would, be, you would watch the World Series. Yeah, and we didn't have cable, so it was one of the only things on. And you would watch it? Well, I was I sick, so he just had something on. Yeah, you know how you did. You watched Tarzan, and you watched all these weird shows just because they were on. I just wouldn't picture you watching baseball because you don't seem to understand how it works. Either. I know how baseball works. You do? Yes. All right, explain. I'm not the, an idiot. Explain a sacrifice fly. Well, I don't know what that means, but I know how the basic game goes. What's a balk? That's not a thing. <laughs> a balk is a thing. Well, you know what a balk is? You're not telling about the basics of the game. Um, how the game is played. You're giving all these like far out things. You're saying, you just said, I'm an expert at baseball. I know no, I did not the rules. say I was an expert. <laughs> you said you could coach a major league baseball game. Baseball is played very similar to kickball as far as rules go. Yeah. So that's why okay. it's familiar. Once you hit the ball, which base do you run to first? Don't, will you stop? Boom. All right. How many how many players are in the outfield? I don't know. I mean, how many players are on the field? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know how many players? No. Who cares? What? Okay, why don't you tell me something you know how baseball works? We're moving how on. How many innings? There's 10. Oh, gosh, there's nine. <laughs> you really don't know anything about baseball. Well, sometimes there's a 10th one. Okay, true or false, Mike Schmidt had a mustache. <laughs> uh, true. Yes. Well, good. You do know everything about baseball. Yep, you're right. Okay. That was the World Series. Sunday, November 1st, 1987. U2, listen to this. Mm -hmm. U2 opened for themselves at a few shows in 1987. Did you know this? No. They opened for themselves. Why would they do that? They were introduced as the Dalton Brothers from Galveston, Texas, and they played country music while disguised in wigs and costumes. Really? And opened for themselves. Yeah. No idea that ever happened. No, that's bizarre. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's really weird. I bet they were terrible. Yeah, yeah. And then on November 7th, 1987, this was a Saturday, mm -hmm. Tiffany's got the new number one song. Remember Tiffany? Oh, yes. You know what song? Um, yes. Weird Al covered this, too. I know, and I can't remember what it's called. It's a remake of a yep. old song. Oh, I think we're alone Shondell. now. Yep, yep. Doesn't seem to be anyone on I think I'm a clone now. Okay. I don't now. remember we yep, were think, all doing it. I think we're alone now. And uh and Tiffany was naked in Playboy later on. Yeah, I remember that too. There was a there was a whole rivalry between Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. Mm -hmm. This is called the Gulf Breeze UFO incident. The Gulf Breeze. Gulf Breeze Florida. UFO incident. I've yes. never heard of this. And it the story centers around Ed Walters. Oh he's a forty year old family man. It's a lot like me. Lives in Gulf Breeze, Florida. So his name's Ed, and he lives in Florida. Florida is yeah. a terrible place. So um, it started on November 11th. Oh, the day that Head of the Class was on? Yes. You mean the day that on Head of the Class, the class puts on Greece, but Alan is reluctant to participate? Yes. Yeah, that day. Okay. Yeah, so. I, now I understand. Ed was relaxing after work as a contractor. I was relaxing in Florida, and in dirty, gross Florida. Watching and head of the class. As he was sitting there with his family in the house. They were he, all watching head of the class. He notices outside the pine trees are moving in, in a weird way. That's weird. Hey, turn head of the class down for a second. And they're in the middle of his yard. Stop listening to Arvid. Look at these pine trees. So he goes out and he sees this glowing bluish gray object going over his house. So he um, had his Polaroid camera with him and he took 
a picture. And a bluish, a bluish gray, bluish gray object. Yeah. Yes, um, it was a saucer type craft. It was big as a house, but completely silent. Wow! And his whole family saw it, or just him? Just him this first time. Oh well, Arvid's on the background. Yeah, and um, it was. It didn't spin, but it looked like it was dangling or bobbing in the sky, which to me is a oh. creepy. That's creepy it's to me. Big as a house. Yes, and just kind of like hovering there. Yeah, like how creepy and scary would that be? He had portholes. And what would you do? What would you do if you saw that? Like, what do you do? Shit your pants. Yeah. So it had, um, it was dotted with portholes and had four sections. There was a small dome on top of a larger saucer. So as he, um, he puts his camera up to take the second picture and the The second picture, a a second picture of it. So he got one picture. He got one and he's getting ready to take a second one and the craft starts moving towards him. Oh no. From the sky. Now he's out. He, did he go outside or is yeah, he still inside? Yeah, he's okay. outside in oh. his yard. So it's... It's coming at him. So he said he was struck with this blue beam of light that froze him where he was to the oh, spot. snap. And he tried to scream, but his whole, everything was numb. Oh no. And so... Um, a, freezer, a freezer beam. He felt like there was a pressure on his brain that felt like it was being the his brain was being squeezed. My brain is being squeezed. So he felt that for about 20 seconds and then... 20 seconds And exactly. then the pain stopped, and then he was lifted off the ground. Oh, no. With his camera? And Yeah. And, and he hears um, a v- voices in his head. Telling him. And the voice is like saying, we will not harm you. Yes, they can speak. We will not harm you. Telepathically. And so he, he screams, and then the voice says, tells him to calm down, be calm. So now he can scream? So well, he does scream. Yeah, he does scream. He can scream now. Yeah, he can scream now. Okay. And he's the, not numb anymore? Um, yes. But he screams, he's in the beam still? Is yeah, he still being lifted I think so. I think okay. he's still being lifted. So oh, gosh. He, he, he's hit with this distinct smell like ammonia and cinnamon. And the family's still not outside? They're no, still watching they're st- Arvid yeah, and they're Dennis not, Blunden? They're, they're not out there with him. So he, he, um, he, he smells like ammonia and cinnamon and it's stuck to the back of his throat. He, he smells like it? His whole body does? He, he, he smells, smells it and he smells like it. Wow. And so they... At this point, he was lifted two feet off the ground. And oh, only two feet? Yeah. Okay. So it's going real slow. Yeah, it's going real slow. And there's this unpleasant hum that starts in his head. Like a, <laughs> was, was that unpleasant? He said it was, yes. He said it was like a hand vibrator pressed inside his head. That's oh. how, he, how he talked about it. I wonder um, why, how does he know that? Who's putting vibrators up there? I know, that's head? what I was wondering. And then, so then he starts getting visions in his head. Yeah. And the uh, and the first time the visions of sugar bombs. No, there it's visions of dogs. Oh. In his head. Dogs, because dogs are calming. I guess they say that dogs are really just put here to calm us human beings. It could and be. Distract us. That could be why. Like so these dogs are sent by aliens. The aliens like. finally drop him, um, the the several feet down, back to the ground. And oh, they, he never and goes into. The, he never goes into the ship. No, not so they're just time. examining his body or something. He, they were trying to pull him up, and he's struggling and everything. And then him with they dogs. just dropped him and left. And they, they just give up on him. Yeah, yeah. we don't want that guy. He's a Floridian. Yep. So he goes he back. Head of the class. He goes back. Runs back in to tell his wife, and she asks him what the unpleasant smell is. Oh, so you she's, smell like cinnamon. So she and ammonia did smell it. Bo and um, barf. So he, um, he, but he had these photos that he had taken. So he decides to take the photos to the newspaper. He had photos, huh? They, yeah. They yep. processed their Polaroids? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, they're Polaroids. Oh, Polaroids. Polaroids. The Have you seen these? Mm-hmm. Oh. The photo, the camera for porn and yeah, aliens. Yeah, naked pictures and penises. Uh, porn and, and aliens. Porn and aliens, yeah. Pretty much. So um, he goes, 
he, so he decides to take the photos to the Sentinel, which is the newspaper in okay. town. Yeah. But he he doesn't want his name mentioned, his real name. Yeah, I can. So I can he can does. That. He he goes by Mr. X. Mr. X. And then about nine days later, on November twentieth, the aliens come again. Oh, on November twentieth, it's funny that they decide to come back. Uh, when I Married Dora was on TV. Never uh, heard of that. This was about a Los Angeles architect and a single father, Peter Farrell, played by Daniel Hugh Kelly, who was dependent upon his housekeeper, Dora Calderon, played by Elizabeth Pena. Yep, and Juliette Lewis played their daughter. Okay. So um, <laughs> at 4.30 p.m. So that was on TV. Yes. The family was glued to that. So yeah. again, an alien comes in. They're watching well, I Married Dora. Well, no. No. Oh. It's 4.30 p.m. on that day. Oh, so before I married Dora came Yes. Out. Ed comes home, and he notices this slight ringing in his ears that slowly gets louder in the right front, kind of in the right front so of his brain. So just, just tinnitus. That's what he, but a at lot of first times, he thought. tinnitus is misdiagnosed as aliens. <laughs> that's true. So he hears this blast of air, and then in his head, he hears the voice again, and now it's got like this African dialect. We will not harm you. Is that and African? No, we will you're not, the worst at those. We will not harm you. <laughs> he we picks up his camera and he goes back into his front yard because he feels like they're here, they're back. Wait, what's up? I'm trying to do uh, Dikembe, Dikembe Mokembe, Dikembe. All right. We will not harm you. So we, we will not harm you. That's German. So he, right. he runs out and he starts yelling at the sky. Because he knows they're talking to him. And this beam of light comes forward at high speed towards him. And the voice says, be calm, step forward. And That's not African. Do an African voice. Oh, I was, be calm, step forward. I know. That sounds like Dracula. I know, you're right. Be calm. Let's do Bobby McFerrin. Be calm. Don't worry. <laughs> he was like be Jamaican, happy. I think. Step forward. No. He was, no, he was just American, I, I think. Oh, he was? I'm just saying Bobby McFerrin because they're saying, don't worry, be happy, kind of. You're being <laughs> racist right now. No. You're They're, being a racist no, the, right now. The message is the same as don't worry, be happy. But you're saying that all black people sound the same. No, I didn't say that <laughs> at all. I'm just saying it would be better if they had Bobby McFerrin's voice. All right. All right. Be calm. So anyway. Be happy. So he raises the camera to take another picture and the voice says, don't do that. Oh, now it's turning it's into... Getting, uh, who would say don't? What kind of song says don't do that? I don't know. Don't do that. So they said they they said to him that they weren't going to hurt him, don't do that, and that he was bitch. just going to be examined. We're just going to examine you rectally. We're just going right. to spend a lot of time in your anus. That's right. So he gets another picture as the UFO UFO flew over to his right, oh. and then the voice told him to step forward again. Step um, forward, you son of a bitch. When he refused, the aliens tried to do the image thing again in his head like they did oh, before. Here's some dogs. But it was naked ladies this time. Oh, because that probably is the other thing that works. Like, so, oh, we know they like boobs and, and vages. Yep. Then the voice told said, we will come for you, and then it flew away, and Ed snapped another picture. I love that it's dogs and naked, naked ladies. Naked ladies, yeah. yep. So the news story starts to gain, like, steam and stuff. Yeah. Because it's on the p- front you know, page. This is really believable, honestly, to me. Like, these all these things make sense. Of course, you're going to give d- pictures of dogs to calm and us then, down. These dogs are only we only adopt dogs because they're just here to calm us, make us calm. Yeah, that's look true. at that sleeping dog right there. He I just know. all he does is sleep. He's an alien. Yep, he you're might a total be. alien, Floyd. And uh, naked ladies, of course. Right, dudes love naked ladies. So, um, the next date is December second. Ladies don't really love naked dudes, though. No. Okay, let's let's pause on that for a second uh, because while all this 
is going on in their lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, November 21st, Billy Idol takes over the top chart. While all this alien shit's going on, yeah. you know what song? Is it White Wedding? Money Money. Oh, okay. Then not, not one of my favorite it's Billy Idol's. a cover Idols. of Tommy James and the Shondell song. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew it was a, re- a remake. Um, but it's funny because a cover of Tommy James and the Shondells mm-hmm. knocked off a previous cover of Tommy James and the Shondells, which is, I think, we're alone now. Oh, Back-to-back was that? covers of Tommy James and the Shondells. Yeah, is that, that is. That's weird. And then on, what's your next, December? Sunday, November 22nd. We're going to have to take yeah. a longer pause because this is a crazy fucking thing that happened. Okay. The Max Hedrum yes. incident. Yes. Do you know about this? Yes. The Max Hedrum broadcast signal intrusion. Mm-hmm. It was a tell. I didn't know about this. So I looked this up. It's now, creepy as now, hell. Yeah. Now I remember Max Hedrum uh, from the New Coke. Yes. He was the New Coke spokesman. Is that what it was? And Coke. Had, yeah. It was New Coke. The catch the wave. It was the New Coke. Oh, okay. And it's an actor who's been in other stuff. You recognize the actor if you watch the old Max Hedrum videos, yeah. the real ones. And he actually had a TV show. They mm-hmm. made a show about him. Or yeah, that's right. That um, that's a, like totally eighties thing. Yeah, it's the complete, Max Hedrum, Max Hedrum's t- a totally TV 80s. show. That Lisa Lee's and Call Jam. But anyway, the Max Hedrum broadcast signal intrusion was a television signal hijacking occurring in Chicago. Yes. On the evening of November twenty second, nineteen eighty seven, at least two unknown individuals, still unsolved to yes, this day. That's this, right. This is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an example of what is known in the television business as broadcast signal intrusion. Uh, two Chicago television stations had their signals hijacked by an unknown person. Person wearing a Max Hedrum mask and sunglasses. A homemade Max Hedrum background rocked back and forth, and it was like a black and, and silver wire yeah. that they had like moving, so it looked like, and they did a great job of it. Yeah. But you can watch this on YouTube to this day, and yes. I recommend everyone watch it. Yes. Stop this podcast, pull over, whatever it is. Uh, stop immediately. Uh, don't go to work today. Watch that instead. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. It's really creepy. Now, I even made a guy at work who didn't know who Max Hedrum even was. Yeah. He's a millennial, so he has no idea. And he said, "This that's freaking creepy as yeah. hell. And at the end of it, so he says all this random stuff. It didn't happen more than once or just once? Well, it happened during the WGN news for like nine seconds. Yeah. And then, uh, or WTTW news. And then on WGN later during uh, uh, Doctor Who yeah. was the longer one. Like the first okay. one was just a couple seconds. Um, and and the, or it was 25 seconds, I guess. Um, and the second one was uh, after 11 o'clock during, it was 90 seconds. Uh, and that one and is when he's getting spanked that's and stuff. The, the creepy one where they actually on YouTube, all the videos of it pretty much have uh, subtitles, so you can tell what he's saying because it's, yeah. it's real creepy. You wouldn't know what he's saying anyway. It's kind of like it's clear they're high on something. Yeah, like they're completely on uh, something crazy, yeah. like LSD or something. Because they're saying they mentioned a sportscaster on WGN, mm-hmm. call him a call him a freaking liberal or something like that. Wouldn't you be terrified if you were that guy? Oh yeah, that they're going to do something to you or yeah. whatever. And they. Um, they do all this crazy stuff, um, and then they, at the end of it, they get somebody's bare ass out, and they're spanking. Some woman yep. is, is spanking him with a fly swatter, spanking his ass. Yep. And then it's like, they're coming to get me. They're coming to get me. And he's humming uh, something to Clutch Cargo, that cartoon. It's so uh, fucking It's all weird. so weird. Chuck Swirsky is the one they... they, they uh, Mentioned. Yeah, they talk about him. and uh, So they say all this, uh, something about... This is I've created a masterpiece for all the greatest world newspaper nerds. Ha 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 ha. Um, so it's real crazy and weird. Um, made national headlines. Nobody ever found it. But I just listened to a podcast called um, How is that? How stuff is there's stuff you should know. Have you heard that podcast? Yeah, yeah. The stuff you should know. I love stuff you should know. That's a it, great just podcast. Just a recent podcast. Just happened yeah. to be talking about this incident oh, while funny. we were get, preparing for 1987. Yeah. I was like, oh, when did that happen? I looked it up. It was, oh, 1987. Oh, I can yeah. use this perfectly. So they talked about it, and they also 
So they said, we're going to pause, go watch it, and then listen to us talk about it. And they said in that podcast that uh, years later, like yeah. 20 years later, some mm-hmm. guy came forward and said he was talking to some dudes at a party around this time who who were two brothers, and they were capable of doing this kind of thing. Oh, really? And, and they talked about doing something big, and everybody's going to hear about it. But uh, they still, I don't know if they've investigated these people or not, but he yeah. said a lot of people still kind of question them because why would you be saying this 20 years later? Why wouldn't you talk about this then? Right, exactly. So who knows why, but... But I could see it being these two weird. These, these mm-hmm. two nerdy guys that had all kinds of equipment and stuff, and you can see two guys in Chicago, nerdy guys, just having stuff. Two brothers, or whatever. Because he even says something about my brother. My my brother's holding the mask or something while he's getting his mm-hmm. ass spanked. But yeah, it's crazy. But well, and it is, and it, part of it is just the creepiness of it's so creepy. You're in the middle of a newscast. It's not what you're expecting. And or Doctor Who too, and it just takes over. And all it's of a sudden, like, you're like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, and, and you expect something else to happen. Are they taking yeah. over everything? Right, they exactly. Over the country or whatever. And then it's just gone. But it's just two guys fuck around, I guess. Yeah. But it's crazy. So we'll go watch that. The Max Headroom incident, and then on Wednesday, November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven, three men and a baby. Oh right. It was directed by Leonard Nimoy. That no. was the highest grossing movie. Was of it directed the year. by Le- Leonard yeah, Nimoy? It really was. I didn't know that. Highest grossing movie of nineteen eighty seven. Three men and a friggin' baby. I saw that. Uh, but the best thing about this movie, you can't t- you can't talk about this movie without talking about that creepy ghost. Yes, the you ghost. Remember that scene, the, Ted- the ghost of the little boy. It's really a cardboard cutout. Yeah. So there's a rumor that the ghost in the scene, it's in the doorway. It's like in the doorway or in the window or something in the background. I remember watching this as a kid. The you room, do remember seeing it? Oh, yeah. I remember watching it. We'd watch it. We'd pause it. We'd be like, look, it's a ghost. Oh, my God. And, you know, we didn't have the internet then. Yeah. We debunked stuff immediately. But uh, the rumor was that this was a ghost of a little boy who died in that apartment when the film was shot. Uh, Ooh. He didn't die while the film was shot, but he died in that apartment. They shot it in that apartment after he died, and he showed up. But the rumor is false, as the interiors were all shot on a soundstage in a movie studio. The ghost is actually a cardboard cutout of Jack wearing a tuxedo. This prop appeared later in the movie when Mary's mother comes to collect her. Yeah. You see that. So, yeah, it's, it's not. But I remember feeling real creepy thinking that was thinking a Thinking it was a real ghost. Or watching it like, Oh, my God, that's so creepy. Oh, that's funny. I never heard about it until much later when really? I was an adult. And yeah, I remember being a kid when we watched it on VHS and we paused it and everything. And, wow. Um, yep. Pretty sweet. Yeah. And then Thursday, November 26th, 1987 was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And there was a new wrestling pay-per-view that the wwf decided to come out with to compete with uh one of the wcw ones and this became a staple okay years to come it's called survivor series all right and the way survivor series works honey is Mm -hmm. is really ingenious so they get teams of wrestlers not just a tag team of two but it's five on five it's five guys against five guys and it's not just somebody gets pinned the game the match is over and Mm -hmm. there's one team that wins if you get pinned you are gone and the rest of your teammates keep wrestling. So if, if you get pinned, your four teammates now have to fight the five guys on the other team. Right. One of them gets pinned, then it's four on four. I get it. If two of them get pinned, then it's three on five, you know, right. until, until there's one lone survivor uh, or until the whole team wins or one team's eliminated, really. Is what now, what prevents somebody from pinning somebody who's pinning somebody? What do you mean? So if one guy's sitting there pinning another guy? Yeah, they're counting one. And then why doesn't two. somebody come and pin on top of him? Because he's... Shoulders aren't down. Oh, he, you got to have your shoulders down. Of, you get pinned with your shoulders down. Oh. That guy can't be pinned if he's pinning somebody else. Unless he pushes him, push him forward. You could. There have been, I'm sure there's been ones where a guy pins him and as soon as he gets up, that guy gets pinned. Yeah. Or they get um But you can't pin somebody who's pinning somebody. They can get counted out. 
Okay. Disqualified. Like if you hit someone with a bell, you're disqualified and then you're out. A bell? Where do you get a bell from? Well, they, bell. they ring the bell to start the match. Ding, 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 ding. So ding. somebody's been hit with that thing? Oh, lots of times. The what bell, the hell the bell is, is a common. wrong with those people? That's a common thing to hit somebody with. Knock them out. The bell? The bell. Ding, 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 ding. I think people need to be in a padded cell. I swear. What? No, it's a sport. No, it's not. But in the first ever Survivor Series, uh, Brutus Beefcake, Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Randy Macho Man Savage, and Ricky Steamboat uh, with Miss Elizabeth defeated Dangerous Danny Davis, the King Harley Race, Hercules, the Honky Tonk Man, and the Outlaw Ron Bass with Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart. That was a great match. I mean, right there, that is wrestling. Those are the greatest. That's the greatest team ever. Beefcake, Jake the Snake, Hacksaw, Macho, and Ricky Steamboat, who he just fought at WrestleMania. You know, for yeah. the the greatest match ever was Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man. Now they're both in the same match. I'm telling Ric Flair. Woo! I'm telling him you said that this was the greatest one. He'll admit it. Although he and Dusty Rhodes had some classic bouts back in the day, both of them covered in blood. Jeez. But you got to get him on Ric Flair on this podcast. But that wasn't even the the headlining match. The headlining match was, of course, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, uh, let's see, it was... Bam Bam Bigelow, Don the Rock Morocco, Hulk Hogan, Ken Patera, and Paul Orndorff with Oliver Humperdinck. They were defeated by... Albert Humperdinck. Andre the Giant, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Rick Rude. I remember King Kong Bundy. You do? Those guys were all huge fat guys. Yeah. I remember him from wrestling at the chase. You do? Yeah. Did he have hair then? It was one another he one had, of those. Was there was nothing game? on TV. It was a Sunday, and the only other thing was religious shows. I think we talked about oh, so this So when already. you say wrestling on the at the chase, yeah. you didn't go to that. No, it was it on was TV. Just, oh, it was just on TV. Yeah, it was and on you TV. You would watch guys wrestle as a kid? You would Honey, watch... we talked about that. The only other thing was church shows. I know. I just can't picture you sitting there looking at a screen of guys wrestling. Cause yep, I did. You never watch it here. So you're an old wrestling, old school wrestling fan. No, I wasn't a fan. It was the you, only thing on besides huge... Jerry Falwell. So you wouldn't turn it off and read a book? I guess not. When you're, when you're... With your paper dolls or something? I was probably doing both. Uh, you're, you're wacky, but I'm glad you know who King Kong Bundy is. All right. That... that uh, Make me respect you more. And then on Saturday, November 28th, still all this alien stuff's happening to these guys. Uh, Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens have the top song. Don't know who that is. Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens? Nope. From Dirty Dancing, where he covered this. I had the time of our lives. Wednesday, December 2nd? Yes. He was woken up. That on Wednesday, December 2nd? In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night? So yeah. before he went to bed that night, he was probably watching Hooperman. On ABC. Hooperman. Remember Hooperman. Ho- remember Hooperman? Sort of. Not Hooperman. Hooperman. Yeah. Freewheeling San Francisco cop Harry Hooperman inherits a rundown apartment building and the building's owners and the building owner's mean, hateful, and just plain annoying dog, Bijou. Not having the time to maintain the building and tend to his police work, Hooperman hires feisty aspiring writer Susan Smith as his superintendent maintenance person. He and Smith soon begin a relationship. I don't ever, I never watched that program. And the series chronicles the ups and downs of the relationship, along with Hooperman's efforts as a policeman. Do you know who starred in that? No. John Ritter. Oh. John friggin' Ritter. I love John Ritter. Oh, he was great. Rest in peace. But I don't remember him being a cop on Hooperman no, at all. No, I never watched that and show. And also that night, the Slap Maxwell story. Sorry, Dad, Dad McColeman was on. No, I Slap Maxwell. So, so they watch those shows and then go went to bed. to bed. And then he wakes up because he thinks he hears the pool pump still running. Oh, the pool pump. I swear I was going to turn that off after Slap Maxwell. Then he hears the voices in his head again. And this time they're speaking Spanish. Oh. And so he, 
He, he's, he gets on the floor, like he falls off the bed, yeah. and he's on the floor next to the bed, yeah. and he um, he start, he he grabs his gun. He's got all these guns he's starting to ho- keep all over the house because yeah, he's getting paranoid. As you should. And it, then it's, he wakes up his wife, and he drags her down to the ground with him. Mm. He has got his, grabs his gun, and he gets his camera, and he starts crawling on his hands and knees toward the front door, and his wife is behind him. Yeah. And then... Um, he opens the door and he crawls under the porch and there's this, their dog is on the porch who normally barks like nuts. And yeah. the, he's right now the dog's just like laying there and he's like, really? crystal, crystal. And the dog won't wake up. The dog's name is crystal. Yeah. The dog's dead. No, but the dog won't wake up. So, so this soft glow starts coming so out. So he's of, crawled out onto the porch. Yeah. His dog won't wake up. Yeah, and the soft glow starts to come out of the darkness. And the glow comes out of nowhere. It starts like the size of a dime, and it goes to the size of his pool in about two minutes. Oh, no. So Is it's it an like, above-ground <laughs> pool? Yeah, I believe so. Of course, white trash Florida. Yeah, so he <laughs> runs into the house and slams the door, yeah. gets his camera, and goes back outside. And he took the 10th picture before the UFO disappeared. Really? And these pictures are all online yeah. available? Yep, they are. So he knew the pool pump sound was the UFO humming. So he unplugged all his appliances in his house after that happened. Oh, no, so it was VCR that was set to tape. Yep, everything was the slap unplugged. Maxwell story. Anything that might give a hum, he unplugged. Oh man, he was gonna he was gonna miss the Golden Girls in a couple of days. So a few hours later, um, the his dog barked once and it woke Ed up. Um, he takes his gun and his camera. He goes to the screen porch that overlooks the pool. And he pulls up his blinds, and there's this four-foot-tall gray it's looking gray, at him. Gray, a gray is what we call a gray alien, the classic gray. We? we. You remember MUFON? I know. I mean, just people. Who, yeah. People who are expert alien I see. likers. No, yes. no, people call them a gray. That's a slang term yep. I learned recently because I started looking up alien stuff when one time you did an alien thing. So I looked up all these, and that's yep. a common term. But, yes, but that's right. a layman might not have ever heard a gray. That's so you right. Have to explain you got to explain that. That's a classic like drawing you see of an alien. So he was ho- holding still a... still on December 2nd? Yeah. He, still the same day yes. that uh, Hustler Magazine sued Jerry Falwell? Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, so he's and the gray is holding a glowing silver rod. He has a helmet on, and he wore this little outfit. And so okay. Ed, Ed screams and falls back. Then points his pistol at, at him, but the creature just looks at him with big, sad, wet eyes. He said his eyes oh. looked real big and kind of oh, wet. Sad. He, he looked sad. His scream woke up Francis, who also saw it. She saw it, too? Yep. She said she saw That's it, the too. Wife. Francis is the wife? His wife. She saw it, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then it walks out of, walked out of their view. So he ran to the door to unlock it and ran after the creature, but had forgotten to pick up his gun and his camera at that point. Um, as he approached the creature... The craft flashed a blue beam and grabbed Ed's leg and started to raise it off the ground. Yeah. And um, the, it began to, again, lift him off the ground. And so he grabs onto the screen door, and Francis grabs onto him and pulls him back into the house, and then the craft flies off. It just gives up and flies off. Yep. Again. Wow. And so it's it's like a... A crappy alien. Like, yeah, it's like training aliens. It's like a tra- aliens who don't know what they're doing. Like, they're yeah. not very powerful yet. It's like kids or something. Yeah. It's child it was aliens. just child aliens. They're just like they're 16 and they just got their license that's and they good, don't know how to that's a good one. do anything. So, um, And then Saturday, December 5th, Belinda Carlisle takes over the number one spot. Oh, meanwhile, on December 2nd, that same day, Hustler Magazine uh, defeated Jerry Falwell in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a court case uh, because Jerry Falwell was suing him, saying that they can't, that he was harmed by... Hustler Magazine making fun of them in cartoons. Oh. And, and the court says that 
it's their free speech yeah, right, right that's right Jerry Falwell. And December 5th Belinda Carlisle has a no, number one song mm-hmm. um, they say heaven we'll make heaven a place on earth that's right and also on Saturday December 5th Golden Girls was on Okay, so that day as well, the aliens show up in a different craft. At night? At night. So just after Golden Girls was over, it was an episode where the girls go to group therapy Mm -hmm. to deal with the growing problems in their friendship. Okay. And also on 227, Calvin and his friend Eddie are about to fail history, so they have a tutor help them. When the tutor is an attractive young woman who inadvertently distracts them, Mary and Rose decide to help them. When both of their efforts fail, Lester decides to help out. Unfortunately, the boys still fail their final exam. Mary helps them get a second All chance, right. but it's up to the Jenkins to get the boys back on track. Okay. So 227 That's and Golden Girls were on. <laughs> All right. 227 um, so, is a place to be with Marla sh- Gibbs and a family. So Wait, the, I had to say that. The aliens are in, are back in this much larger craft. Aliens are back. And so they right tell... Right after Golden Girls and 227. They tell Ed, do not resist. You're in danger. Do not resist. You and are in danger. Ed pointed his pistol at the UFO, and then the UFO flashed up and left again. Oh, so he was afraid of his pistol. I guess. Did he hold it sideways? Like a, I like don't a think so. He's like a 40-year-old contractor. He's hey, like, I'm 40. Yeah, you. Would I would hold it sideways like a gat. December 7th, uh, ALF was a number 10 show that year. Uh, Alf, Alf is frustrated because he can't vote in the presidential election, okay. and he watches a televised debate with Kate, and he offers his better ideas on how to solve the world's problems. Then Kate goes to sleep and has some weird nightmares, and one of her nightmares involves Alf running for president and rapping at a debate and handing uh, John McLaughlin a wiener on a stick. A wiener you know, from on McLaughlin a stick. Group? Remember McLaughlin Group? Yeah. yeah. He was a special guest on Alf. Okay. And uh, Lynn... On that show, her boyfriend worked at a wiener on a stick place. Oh. And so that was why they... Do you remember there. that much about Alf? I looked it up. Oh, okay. Because I do not remember stick. that. And then on, also on December 7th, Pacific Southwest Airlines Flight 1771 crashes near Paso Robles, California, killing all 43 on board after a disgruntled passenger shoots his ex-supervisor on the flight, then shoots both pilots and himself. Oh, my God. And yeah. so then everybody died. Everybody died because he... Yeah. Crazy guy. Can you remember? Can you believe that happened? No. I don't remember ever hearing about that. Yeah, I don't hear about that. And then December 12th, George Michael takes over the charts and it kind of reinvented himself with this song. This I will be your album. father figure. No, that was bigger, in the 90s. Bigger. Uh, it's the whole name of the album and everything. Faith. Faith. You gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. The faith. I the faith. gotta have faith. I gotta have faith. It held the number one position on the Billboard charts for four weeks. It was the number one single of the year mm-hmm. uh, in 1988, I guess. It was the number one single of the year in the United States in 1988. No, is that the same album that has, I want your sex? Oh, yeah, this is on. This is number one from December 12, 1987, all the way to January 8, 1988. Yeah, I want your sex. Yep, I think it's on there, too. That's such a bizarre. Oh, I watched that video recently. Really? Did you? Yeah, and it was like. Could you tell he was gay? Yes. I don't remember that. He's video. trying to kiss this Asian chick. Yeah, it just it doesn't look real. Just looks so fake. Yeah. yeah. Um but you know one thing about George Michael, like he wrote all the stuff himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was a he was talented. Yeah, he was talented and he could sing. I mean, he, these were catchy yeah. songs and good songs. And songs. He could sing yeah. and he could play guitar. I mean, he was very talented. I mean, it's, it's, I liked everyone, his, everyone says Madonna's so great. She didn't write any of her own songs. Like, I mean, they're all written by other people. 
I don't think so. George Michael wrote every every single one I've looked up. It's yeah. like, oh, this was written by so and so for somebody else. Then they gave it to Madonna at the last minute. Yeah, like maybe you might be right. So George Michael, like, I'm pretty impressed. Like everything he wrote, yeah, his own stuff. The whole album the tr- was written, arranged, and produced by him. So Ed awakes again in the night. Ed awakes on December seventeenth. Yes. This time, after watching a Cosby show where Cliff is excited to take Rudy and six of her friends to see a salute to vaudeville show, and they're the only ones in the audience, and the children are, are not the best audience, and they're not impressed, and then Cliff rapes a bunch of people. No, yes, that's right. So um, he awakes at this flash inside his head, and he looks up, and beside his bed are three dark figures, and then there's more shadowy figures moving toward the bed. Any of them were Bill Cosby putting something in his drink? Maybe it could have been. <laughs> they, turned, they turned quickly and left the room as soon as he woke up. But the same intense hum hit him, and he slumped over. And um, Francis woke up, and all she saw was Ed struggling with his blankets. She didn't see any of the people or anything, so it was just all a dream. So he grabbed his camera, and he went outside and shot photo number 13. Maybe it was was Bill Cosby giving him a Zerbit. Could be. Remember the Zerbits? So the strange liquid shoots out of the UFO. Oh, the UFO's there. And, and he, yeah. He doesn't have his camera this he time? Does. He does. He does. More took, pictures? He just took picture 13, yeah. I gotta see these pictures. This, the, and then it shoots this liquid yeah. onto the ground. So Ed gathered up the liquid and put it in a tub. A tub? For, it filled a tub? For future examination, oh, yeah. a tub, like not a bathtub. No, like a butter tub or something. Like a butter tub yeah. filled with a liquid. So over... Um, Where's it? These aliens are just fucking with him. So uh, yeah. it is like high school aliens. It's yeah. like 16-year-old aliens that just got their license. They just keep fucking with this dude. Yeah, they're young. Yeah. So over 30 people also reported seeing UFOs in the Gulf Breeze area. In that same area? Yeah, during over that 30? same time. Really? Um, Patrick Hanks was a friend of Ed's son and college student who also saw a UFO in Ed's presence. He, wow. he decided to drop by. Francis opened the door and pointed to the back of the house and said, It's here. Patrick saw the craft through the windows hovering, and Ed came in and looked at Patrick, and the UFO flew off. So now that's three people that have seen it, That's right? supposedly, yeah. So then the MUFON gets involved, which is the Mutual UFO Network. That's the real thing? It Mutual is. Mutual UFO Network. Network. MUFON? MUFON. They arrive after seeing it in the newspaper. Really? They figure out who he is. They, they went... To figure out who he was, yeah. they went to all the backyards and were just like trying to take pictures to see like from the same vantage point as the one in the newspaper. And that's how they were going to try to figure out whose backyard it was. So without getting everybody anybody's permission or anything, they just went into all these backyards and were shooting pictures of the sky. And then trying to see... Which one looks what, just like the like backyard. The stars or the... Like the the landscaping, I guess. Oh, okay. Isn't huh, it stupid? That's weird. So, um... Well, how else would you find them back then? Right. So they find out it was Ed and they approach him and they offer to help. Then on January 12th, he started to hum. He started He started to hum. <laughs> the, he heard the hum again. Mm. Um, but he had to go to work. So he got in his truck and he was driving down. <laughs> he still go to work. Well, I know. Crazy aliens, I'll just go to work. So he's driving down this country road and everything becomes bright white and oh, he feels numb. It's following him. When he looks behind him, he sees the UFO accelerate past and keep pace with his truck. Oh, no. As he stops at the side of the road, he grabs his shotgun and camera, but his hands are numb, so he can't hardly hold them. So he rolls out, and he shoots picture number 19, then scrambles under his truck. Um, The blue beam shot... You know what would be neat to look all these pictures up, and then as you're listening to our podcast, you talk about each picture. Yeah. You can look at the picture while you're talking about it. Right. So... um, I'm going to look this up. Then... He, um, this blue beam shoots out 
in front of the truck and starts depositing aliens on the ground. They were four foot tall grays and they were holding silver rods and they began to move toward Ed. So then he scrambled up into the truck and sped away. But he didn't take any pictures of the aliens. They were like sending an army after him. Yeah. So the next morning. Of, of punk kids. Yeah. The next morning, um, the men in black show up at Ed's house. We are the men in black. Is that in, the Mufa? Mufa? No, the men in black, nobody knows who they are. Oh, it really is supposed to be the men in black. Yeah. Okay. So they show up. They walk in and say that they are from the Air Force Security Services and they had to seize his photos. He claims what? that. And so he tells them that he gave them all to the Sentinel. And so they're not happy about it, but they leave. Oh, they do leave. Yeah. Um, Was it actually Tommy Lee? And, right. Uh, Jones. You could be. But by the Tommy time McMars. By the time that twelfth sighting occurred, Mufon had set up a full on surveillance of Ed's house. So they were Who has Mufon? Mufon. Okay. And they gave and these him, guys Mufon is not anything like men in black, like they're government. just alien they're just enthusiasts. Like, they're like guys, nerdy guys yeah. love aliens. Yeah. Like they're not like right. any government employees or but anything. But they did give him a, like a tamper proof camera to take pictures with. They did. Where like the lens was glued in or something like that. And he used it? And yeah, he used it's it for some Polaroid? of the later ones. No, it wasn't a Polaroid. It was. It where, was can I, where can we find these pictures? Are you can tell us that Gulf, later? Gulf Breeze UFO incident and do Google images. Gulf Breeze UFO incident? Yeah. Okay. So then January 21st, um, at 10.30, Ed was walking to the van to deliver an item. As he was walking, he heard the hum again. He told the guy from MUFON to get his camera ready on a walkie-talkie. So um, the guy gets the camera ready but points it in the wrong direction. So and the guy from MUFON points yeah, it in the wrong direction. And Ed yells at him because he's not close by. Like the guy's in the surveillance truck and he has a walkie-talkie and he says, yeah. get ready. And then the guy gets his camera ready, points it in the wrong direction. As soon as Ed sees that, he yells at him to look to the south instead, and the UFO winked out of sight before the guy could see it. Really? Um, then on January 24th, Ed heard a hum as he was pulling in his driveway. He, picked, he goes and picks up the journalist from the Sentinel, and the guy's name was Dwayne, and he starts um, filming as soon as um, Ed's pulling in his driveway. Yeah. And then the voice in Ed's head started to say, in sleep, you know. Ed felt this twisting pulling in his brain. He pulled over and he got out of the car and fell to the ground. And then Dwayne was like hovering over him, looking at him. Yeah. And Ed was looking up at Dwayne and he saw the UFO like right above Dwayne's head. Yeah. And but Dwayne didn't see it. He, he took a picture right then yeah and then the ufo winked out of sight so Dwayne didn't see it but Dwayne claims that he was there and he saw ed do that he saw him take the picture take the picture but Dwayne couldn't see the ufo no it was because it winked out of sight again so then the 13th sighting ed was in the shower and francis comes into the bathroom and says the ufo's back gosh and so he runs and he grabs a towel and he runs out into the night and the ufo hovers over the house and then they, in, this time in his head, they were saying, we are here for you, sleep and know. And then they left again. Sleep and know. Yeah. Like you'll know things in your sleep? I don't know. So 12 days after that, the it shows up again. And so Ed runs outside. The blue beam comes down and Ed took a picture. Then he grabbed his daughter and slammed the door and the whole family crawled into the hallway. So he like took the picture and then he ran in and he yeah. grabbed everybody and made sure... Um, and then the last, the final encounter was on May 1st, 1988. Ed, um, his wife was out of town, and he took his special camera that Mufon had given him. Yeah. At 12.30 a.m., 
he heard the hum and then he saw the ufo and took two shots of it and the craft moved right above him and a blinding light came down and then the next thing he was on the ground about 20 feet away and it was a few hours later so um his right hand smelled really bad too <laughs> <laughs> well that could be from anything i know because we we failed to mention he also uh just doesn't use toilet paper just wipes with his bare yep, hand that's right but that but so that's just that could be from that, yeah, that could it definitely that. could because if you did that you that would smell bad. but there's that missing time you know how they love that's times that's a big thing and so he's um, wiped a lot at his and then he goes at it back to his house and he finds a bump at the back of his neck and bruises on his face and he couldn't get the smell off his hands. Man. And he found little bits of black under his nails. That yeah, was the, different. Yeah, it's hard to get the poop out of your nails. That's you're right. Wiping with your bare hands. So he goes and gets hypnotized to see. As you would. Right. It's the 80s, after and all. So through the hypnosis, Ed starts to believe that he's being abducted by aliens. And he recovers all these mem- dozens and dozens of memories of actual abductions. Have you seen this picture of FT- F-15 UFO? Like part of these Gulf Breeze photos is yeah. F-15 with a UFO. Have you seen that? No. All right, it's like an airplane intercepting it trying to intercept it oh really that's crazy so ed passed two polygraph tests about the whole event he did yeah um there are some definite skeptics and debunkers and many claim ed made the whole thing up after he moved away yeah uh, there was this model that was found in his attic i found pictures of these yeah people found the model yeah and he was just faking all these the model looks just like the ufo but he says that somebody else made that to to make him look like an like a liar uh um, people have seen the video. He doesn't put the video online, but people have seen the video of the um, thing about the road when he's when he's on the road or whatever. Yeah. They say that this looks like bad, bad acting. Oh, really? That's one thing. And then a neighbor says that when he was a boy, he helped Ed stage the pictures. But the neighbor was, um, at the time he said that, running against Ed in a city council election. <laughs> so... Why was Ed running in a city council election? Why was the neighbor who helped him running against him? Yeah. So that's the story of the Gulf Breeze UFO incident. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they all they all kind of unfortunately involve crazy people. But I think that's because the aliens know. They just make somebody crazy. Well, maybe it makes you crazy them. to see it. It probably does. And well, and if, especially if they're harassing them like these were. Yeah. They just kept coming back and fucking, fucking with, with them. Fucking with them all the time. So because they probably know. All you have to do is drive them crazy and no one will believe them. That's right. That's right. But why don't they just want to be found? Just come on. Come on down here. We can handle Well, I don't know if we can handle it. You don't think we can handle no, it? No, I think people handle. would go nuts. Uh, we can handle anything, can't we? No, come I don't on. think so. You know, Mac have you seen the me, kind of people e. that we live around? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine with... Uh, they can't even handle if your color of your skin is a little different. Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. That's, I guess that's Total true. shit fit. Yeah, but Alf. Everyone handled an Alf thing. Alf was a puppet, honey. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that is... Yeah, we might as well end it. On 1987 your, in a large, nothing. large nutshell. Yeah, I got nothing left. I really blew my 87 wad. Yep, me too. I spent it. I spent it on the uh, uh, Matthew Broderick murdering people. Yeah, that was He's nuts. Murderer. Crazy nuts. Yeah. So you blew my mind with that, baby. I blew your mind, baby. You sure did. Not every day that I can tell you a Matthew Broderick murdering it. story that you've never heard before. It sounded like something you made up. Nope. It's true. Wow. Google it. And Google, definitely, if you get a chance, Google that alien stuff. Gulf Breeze UFO the incident. Gulf Breeze UFO incident. Look at the pictures, because I'm really on the fence. Like, most of them do look fake, I, yeah. I'd say. But, uh, I don't know. It sounds like a true story, kind of. If, what if it was, what if he, like, embellished it like it started out to be fake, and then it came well, real? My thing is, like, if that person helped him make, oh, let's, yeah, let's fake yeah. these 
you know, what motivation does his wife have to go along with right. her? Or is she crazy right. too? Like, I wonder if you sat down with these people and met them. You'd be able to like, tell right away. You'd be like, oh, God, they're batshit crazy. Yeah. Of course. You, nuts, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I'd like to read more about that too, but I can't read. So. Well, and, or the other thing is maybe he really did, it really did happen, but he wanted people to believe him. So he, he made more made of more. It than it was. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it happened one time, but he wanted to. Yeah. Maybe that. Because you know, know how police will do that sometimes to fit the crime. Yeah. Or maybe. fit the crime to the criminal kind of thing. I don't know. It seems crazy, though, that nobody else would have seen that. All the people yeah. in the neighborhood, or was it a lonely There was 30 other sightings, though, reported That's true. That same, around that same time. That's true. I mean, what would you do? If I saw one today, what would I do? Who would I report it to? I, know. I don't even know. Right. You just would talk you don't about want to go it. To the, you don't want to go to the news because they're going to think you're nuts. You want to go to the police because they're going to think you're nuts. You can't talk about too. it at work. They'll think you're nuts. So That's you right. can't really talk about it. Especially if it came real close to you like that. Yeah, we need to start our own club. No, I don't want not want an alien visitation. No, it's right, time to get out of here. Time. Yeah, we wasted too much time talking about this. So, so like us, rate us, review us. Thank you for listening. Yeah, do, do we even have to say that anymore? Just They're going to do what they're going to do anyway. So yes, just do it or don't do it. Who gives a shit? It's still good to say where no, we find not. us on Just, who cares? Twitter and Facebook. We're going to keep stuff. doing this podcast if we want to, so we don't give a shit if you like it or not. That's so right. up yours, everybody. All right. Uh, it's time to get out of here, Chuck Berry. All you white people, stop listening. I'm tired of white oh, people. Oh, stop. You haven't, just haven't done that in a while. I just haven't, yeah, I haven't alienated anybody, so I figured just the entire white race, I'd like to stop listening. All right. There we go. Yep. So get, oh, oh shit, Chuck Berry's in here yep, again. He's got he a is. camera. He's looking at us in the bathroom. He's, a, he's trying to find aliens. Little known fact, we record I got some aliens the, right here. We record all these podcasts. Those are pubes. That is not what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were. We record all these uh, podcasts in the bathroom, by the way. Chuck Berry, get out of here. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Matt Truman. Oh, wait. Matt Truman's got a new album out. podcast ever.